Welcome to KC Corner, episode 74. We were just talking. We're kind of like out of sports now. Uh, I know NBA Finals was last night, but you're not a big <laughs> basketball guy. It, it, no, it, it was last night. In, uh, the we have the Olympics Bucks. coming on Friday. Uh, yay! <laughs> All right, we're back. We are back, which is fantastic. I love it. Love the Olympics. It's uh, it's interesting. I was saying last night at dinner um, to Katie and Allison, uh, to Allie, we were talking about how excited we were for the Olympics. And we were talking like, uh, so what's a girl, uh, the Olympian? Katie Ledecky. No, no, no. The uh, the girl that's uh, won all the medals on gymnastics. Simon. Uh, uh, Simone Bias. So, some Simone Bias. And uh, man, I had a hard time with that one. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Simone, we're just talking about what was her life like? You know, you like to watch the Olympics and you love cheering for them. You feel connected to them. But they had to spend their entire life in a gym. Mm-hmm. You know, they had to be... They didn't have a life like you did, or like mm-hmm. I did, or like my kids did. You know, that their life was just practice, practice, practice. And we even said, I'm not sure we'd want to have our kids be Olympians. I mean, mm-hmm. what a great honor, but what an incredible sacrifice, too. Well, also for gymnastics, the minimum or the age you have to be is 16, which I couldn't imagine performing in the Olympics as a 16 year old. Oh, my goodness. Thinking back when I was like, I was not mature enough or obviously <laughs> athletic enough to do that. But yeah. the fact that the Chinese got caught with younger ones and they were, you know, punished for that is crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> you know, Nadia Komenich, who got the first perfect 10s, I, I think that she was, I'm not even sure she was 16. Maybe she was 16, but. Yeah, that's it's unbelievable what they're able to do. Yeah, they're they're not human. They're not human. They're a different breed for sure. Where when does a body physically peak for a female athlete? Out there? I, uh, I was gonna make the joke. I think I'm getting there, but then you said female. So. <laughs> You're still getting there, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have no idea. Can, don't know the science behind well, that one. Well, I know that they say that a man's brain isn't fully formed until he's like 32. So you got a few years. <laughs> yeah, to go, yeah. Bro, I'm still working know, on that so. part. And then it quickly deteriorates. You know? Yeah. So, so I think there's a peak. Yeah, like, like, quit, and then a steep, steep, steep drop steep off at drop 33. Off. It's, it's like 32 in six months to eight months, and yeah. then it's all down. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's de- that's definitely true. What I also loved before we got on the air was uh, talking about Ashley and, and some others who sent me a text, let me know that they're listening. And, you know, during this crazy post-COVID world or wherever we are, it's always been interesting, like, who's with us and who's not? You know, who do we see at church? And trying to follow people up and to get people saying, hey, you know what, we're really busy or this is going on or that's going on, but hey, we're listening, which has been real encouraging. So if you're out there in KC Cornerland, uh, we'd love to hear from you sometime. Send us a send us an email, Pastor Jeff at KingChapelFL.com or, or a text or whatever. Let us know you're there. We got some uh, habitual offenders who always <laughs> let us know that they're listening, like Grace Hooper. Shout out to Grace and, uh, and to others. So anyway. COVID made us get into dip our toes into technology and we were getting bored. So we had to start our own KC corner. It's it's beautiful. (laughs) Yesterday I had a meeting um, with JP and Amy and, and uh, we were looking at our website. We pulled it up on my TV here. And and so we could all look at it and, you know, I went to the multimedia section and clicked down our latest sermon and our latest service. And, you know, I love watching like the announcements even beforehand, you know, Mm -hmm. what we do guys like Chris Chapman, uh, are putting those together. And, and uh, I was just so proud. I mean, we are a church plant that's not two years old. And, you know, we I'm the only full-time employee. Uh, it's it's amazing what we're able to do. And I'm really proud of it. Growing quickly, for sure. Yeah, it's good stuff. 
we can get into the good stuff now too. Yeah, I mean, what I meant to say. What you and, meant to say, qualifications for elders. You know, and I, and again, I'm loving digging First Timothy uh, a whole lot, and it really is that manual for the church, and it, it set a great foundation, and now it takes a turn in chapter three, saying, okay, you got to have people lead this thing, and you got to start off with these godly elders. Actually, they're called overseers uh, in this book, and we looked at the fact that. The New Testament uses the word overseer or elder very interchangeably, even pastor, um, and how important it is because as the leaders go, so goes the church, right, Brooks? I mean, and, and uh, as the leaders, where their passion is, that's the passion that the the people will eventually get by God's grace through them. And and but at times that can be negative. I mean, at times that could be if the leaders are are sliding and, and heading in a different way. So how important is this calling? Uh, we looked at that. How important really is their character? And Brooks, when you read through that, uh, and I'm hoping and praying you, you'll be an elder one day in, in Christ's church. I think the only thing that you don't have is some age right now, a little gray couple hair. of gray hairs, you know. But, uh, um, but you know, you're well on your way. But having this character, you hear these lists, and sometimes I was like, oh, my goodness, could anybody do this? Uh, is anybody above reproach? Well, you know, it's, it's really... Um, striving for godliness and and uh, none of us are sinless but you know having uh, a life that is not hypocritical and then you know what does that conduct look like so and why this was so what I hope to say is what I hope to say really is or how I hope to say it was probably a better way to say it this week was this is for everybody because when you preach on something like qualifications for elders a lot of people could tune out like like you know hey that's not me it's not my stage in life, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not interested or I don't think I'm qualified, so I'm tuning out. And so for my challenge on Sunday was don't tune out because even even the fact that uh, we all got to know this, but we're going to ask people at King's Chapel, the members to vote, I mean, to, to nominate, you know, say, hey, these are the ones. And so it's important for all of us to know. And, uh, you know, that's what I, I meant to say, really stressing that fact that this is for all of us. We got to we got to get this. This is important. Um, and then what I hope to say, do you want to say anything else on that? You want to, uh, uh, yeah, I'll go, I'll kind of hit on the calling part of it, but I thought it was interesting. It has to be an inward calling with the elder himself. Like he wants to be a part of the church and wants to take on that role. Kind of like you were saying. Um, but also the church has to confirm that and say, okay, yes, like this person is deserving or he, right. he can't just put his name in the hat and then, uh, try and get votes and run a campaign or anything crazy like that. <laughs> exactly. And then also with God, we're calling where it feels empowered, where it feels like the right decision um, right. for him to be in the church. So I thought I thought that was really interesting. Of all three of them, you know, you have to qualify for it. You really do to way. have those things. You know, it's kind of like let's think of little league. It's like okay, I want to go play little league. I'm going to show up for tryouts, but you know, the coach is going to say, yeah, I want to pick you on my team. You mm -hmm. know, the outward calling of that, and then the, I don't know what the Godward thing would be. Like, you get a uniform, but. Um, <laughs> And I love the fact that it's a noble calling, you know, mm -hmm. and and I've seen the fact that there's people who aspire to the office for selfish reasons. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it when people want to have their name, you know, praised or they want to be looked up to or they want to have the power, uh, the authority. Um, and that's just that's not a God given thing. I mean, that's just going to be you, you want to do it because God's calling you to it. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. I mean, you see behind the curtain of the church, it's often ugly, you know, and uh, um and our society certainly doesn't have a high level of respect necessarily for the church or its leaders. And so 
I love that God says it is noble. There is an inward and outward and a Godward call to make it happen. That's mm-hmm. a good point. Yeah, and and the the seven kind of qualifier characteristics, and then the conduct part you ended on. You know, those kind of go hand in hand. Like a well respected person in the community, um, you know, has a great family life, and kind of what you'd expect to get out of an elder. And you know, not a, no one's going to be perfect, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're all going to be fallen. And again, there there were seven qualities, and there were four, uh, you know. Uh, disqualifiers mm-hmm. you know things that you make sure you avoid and then uh that conduct and uh think i think of your grandpa i mean he's been a uh shout out to robbie again i mean he's been an elder for a long time and and you know one of the things it says about an elder is that he's going to be hospitable and we, mm-hmm. we had some guests come in sunday and he was like white on rice man he was like <laughs> you know he probably thinks he's funnier than he really is he's for sure he laughs at his own jokes everything <laughs> like so, that uh, yeah but you know what? His heart is so beautiful. It, it's just uh, hard not to love. And, uh, you know, it, I was so proud of him because I see these guests and um, all of a sudden, you know, there's Robbie greeting mm-hmm. him, so, which, is, which is awesome. And I liked what you, before we move on to next week, I liked what you said about in private, like having your, um, <clears throat> excuse me, like house in order. Like yeah. kids are going to mess up. Kids are yeah. going to get in trouble at school, get yeah. detentions, everything like yeah. that. And they're just going to be kids. And yeah. I think it's low hanging fruit when people point to that of, um, you know, point to your family, your kids, or you screw up or something like that. This is why you shouldn't be an elder. Or how can he call himself a Christian for that? We're still human and mess up all the time. And our kids are going to as well. Great point. And, you know, I think is the, the whole thing is, Hey, did they, did they set the parameter and, you know, as for their children, and the children are going to, yes, it's true that the Proverbs say, raise a child up in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. That's not a 100%. That's a general truth, but it's not like it's a 100%, because a lot of kids that grew up in Christian homes that were taught stuff, uh, when they got to be of age, said, you know, this isn't for me. And uh, so we got to be careful there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really do. And, you know, I think anything, you got to be careful. I mean, once you, if you, if you make something that's true and you examine it under a really tight microscope. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. You got to hold the tension there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, but I think overall you'll be able to say this person is a godly person. He mm-hmm. should be leading Christ church. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That's all I have for meant to say. You know, and what I hope to say, we're just going to keep right on with this passage and it's going to move right into deacons and probably the biggest change for me, um, is it verse 11 is going to talk about, it says wives and wives or women. It could be translated wives, women, or deaconesses. And so the way that that, tr- that, that verse is translated, it means does, uh, can deacons be men and women? Or can they, are they talking about deacons and their wives? Mm-hmm. Now, wouldn't it be interesting that um, the highest, uh, as far as authoritative office, is elders, and it doesn't mention their wives, but it does mention the deacons' wives? Mm-hmm. Um, and really... Um, I, I love the, the commentary I'm just reading is just kind of unpacking that, hey, as God's creative design for men and women really plays out nicely in the fact that there's this headship role of elder and there's this supportive helper role of deacon. And really, it should be for women as well. So uh, I was part of a tradition for a long time that didn't have women deacons, um, mm-hmm. but King's Chapel is going to. And uh um, and we're not just doing it because it's culturally relevant. We're doing it because really uh, here in the Bible, um, it, it gives a parameter where, yeah, that can clearly be seen as 
a woman deaconess. And by the way, a deacon comes from the Greek word diakonos, which means servant. Mm-hmm. And it's, That's it's, what I was going to go with next. So kind of explain the listeners difference between elders and deacons and kind of their roles in the church. Yeah. You know, an elder is going to be somebody who um, he does two big things. Uh, an elder is going to be the only distincting factor, distinctive factor, distinctive factor? Yeah. is that uh, an elder has got to be able to teach. So he's a teacher, um, but he also is a overseer ruler. And so, I think that we can say an elder shepherds the flock as an um, he's an overseer and he also feeds the flock as a teacher. So, or you can see that he rules and mm-hmm. teaches. Where a, a, a deacon is an office of serves. It, it's it's kind of making sure that um, you know your church is ready to receive people. It's it's everything is in line. It's it's taking care of your widows and uh, it's taking care of your orphans. It's taking care of the people. It's it's a uh, it's doing the uh, making sure you're ready to go the grounds. It's it's uh, it's kind of the backbone in so many ways. And you know, it's not like one is better than the other, or or you know, one is more honorable or noble. They both are. It really comes down to gifting. And you think of a guy like Buddy Hosier and Suzette Hosier. I mean, they they are uh, they're servants. I mean, they show up every week. They just get to work. You know, they're they're uh, what would church be? like without them or, mm-hmm. or a bill chapman you know i mean there's just some that are clearly servants mm-hmm. um where like think of the elder role like your grandpa i mean he's going to be in praying with people man can i be praying with people afterwards can i can i be greeting people can i be teaching them about the, the lord where a, a guy like bill chapman he he's going to be like he's going to always be looking around even during the service like uh, are we safe are we is the air conditioning right is mm-hmm. uh you know, how do I serve, how the nursery's doing. So, um, you know, that that's the key role. And mm-hmm. I'm real excited about it because I, I feel like God has raised up at King's Chapel already a good amount of servants. And uh, it'll be interesting to see who uh, uh, who God's going to put into these roles as deacon and deaconesses. Mm-hmm. Ever since the start of King's Chapel, we've always had a good core group that's helped set up and, uh, you know, a good group of deacons and deaconesses already. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's excited to make it official now. It is. And, you know, we had a good amount of uh, guests. I mean, uh, uh, on Sunday, one of them, one of them came in, by the way, this is so funny. Um, um, and if you're listening, I can't imagine she is. But anyway, uh, <laughs> don't mean to make it too funny. But we had a lady come in um, early and sit down in the pews. And she was, I'm going to guess she was Korean. Uh, mm-hmm. She was an Asian lady. I don't know how good her English was. I mean, I, I greeted her and she was more nods than, than there were uh, anything vocal. And uh, um, I noticed uh, later that I don't think she was in the service. And someone said... <laughs> that she might have left before the service started. And, mm-hmm. you know, we started thinking, maybe she thought she was in a Korean church. Yeah, you know? and then the signs got her <laughs> started getting covered up by 9 a.m. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> she's like, wait a minute, what's what's going on here, you know? Kamsa Hamni Da. I mean, I don't know, I don't know any Korean, you know? And so, uh, um, Hopefully anyway. she found her way back, uh, or is going to find her way back this Saturday, Saturday when, exactly. when they have the service. Exactly. She got her days mixed up. It was a long week for her. <laughs> So we had some other guests, and I think, and my hope and prayer is that King's Chapel really does grow, and we do reach the community. And I love it that some of the guests were from our community. They saw our signs. We're starting to get people to say, hey, they realize we're here. I'm having coffee with some of them today to talk about what is King's Chapel, who is King's Chapel, and um, it's some exciting stuff. And I think my point of starting this whole thing is we have such a great core. we got to make sure our core is receiving and loving new people, you mm-hmm. know, that, that it's not, hey, we're just... We're so cool together, but we got to be 
embrace. The core doesn't become a click. Ooh, I like that, Brooks. I like that. Very good. Man, you could even need a pay raise. On it. I took a big swig of coffee before no, that man, one. Man, your brain just went crazy. Really good. But we can move on to Tim Keller, The Reason for God Now. And I just, the names of these chapters are, just, they kind of make me laugh because it's all things we've heard before and it's just boom right in your face. Yeah. So chapter seven, what we're doing today is you can't take the Bible literally. Right. And just again, kind of throwing it in our face there and uh, arguments that we've heard uh, growing up our whole lives. He just does a great job unpacking it. And I love how Keller talks about his own personal journey when he was in the 60s and going to college and, you know, how he was taught from a very liberal perspective of, of how these stories of the Bible, especially the gospel stories, emerged. And, you know, they say it so authoritatively and it was very little evidence of like, well, this is how this oral tradition got here. And they were trying to do this and try to do that. Kind of a modern day Da Vinci code of putting things back together. But it's it just absolutely an incredible book. And I just absolutely love it. Love, I love reading it. But one of the things I don't think this chapter really talked about um, was the, the fact of, of how this is just one incredible big story. And it was, uh, you know, how this story, the unity of the story fits in. But mm -hmm. anyway, what, what, what did you think? Well, starting off, it talks about, um, you know, giving it credibility of Luke, Mark, and Paul and, and their books all name eyewitnesses to the resurrection um, and, the, and everything. So being able to name exact people that were there and groups of 500 people that witnessed Jesus rise. Yeah, yeah, the resurrection, that's a historic thing. Like, hey, you want to check he, these people, you could go check. And, mm -hmm. you know, the, early some of the criticism, especially for the New Testament, was that it was written later, and it really wasn't. It mm -hmm. was so much quicker, closer to the actual events and and, you know, just as they mentioned, the eyewitnesses and the credibility and the beauty and the unity of the story. And I've always, it always bothered me because so many people um, will throw stones at the story without even reading the story and without even talking about it. And then it will talk about, as we, as we mentioned, like culturally, it will say it's so out of context. I mean, or, or it's so out of date, I should say. I mean, how can you deal with women like saying that there's specific roles like we're dealing with now? I mean, it's not a culturally uh, current book, so you got to throw it away. But we were talking before we came on air of how beautiful it is, is that, you know, um, the women in the day, I mean, the Bible really elevates uh, mm -hmm. the women to a place that like uh, Mary was at Jesus's feet in Luke 10 learning. I mean, that was a place that a lot of rabbis wouldn't let the women be sitting at their feet. And not only that, but the first witnesses, the eyewitnesses of the resurrection, women, mm -hmm. you know, and they wouldn't even be able to testify in court. And so, um, you know, for all of you out there that are incredible image bearers that God has made female, I, I just know how much Jesus valued the, 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 the women in his life. I mean, mm -hmm. they help support his ministry. And the fact that the Bible uh, is replete with, with women's testimonies and, and uh, you know, um, uh, uh, Aquila and Priscilla, uh, Priscilla, who's a teacher uh, of Apollos. I mean, there's, there's so many story after story after story um, where they are, they are so valued and it's such a big part. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they will now say, well, it's not culturally relevant. They don't know how how out of you know how advanced in culture it was back then yeah and that's kind of what we talked about last week in your sermon of mm -hmm. that you know on the surface it may sound old old school or something like that but really what he was saying was completely new and allowing women to be front row listening and teaching and hearing the word yeah and then be witnesses to like the resurrection and the miracles and mm -hmm. how how amazing that is so it, it really is 
it really is beautiful. It really is timeless. And uh, again, I, I think that uh, I'm just so grateful that by God's grace, it's something I've wanted to try to read through yearly. And it just, you know, the story is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And it's so, so, so good. And, there, uh, there was one funny point that he made in this chapter of why constantly depict the apostles, the future leaders of the church, as petty and jealous and possibly slow-witted and cowards who actively and passively failed their master. Yeah. And it's so true. Why, if, if this religion was made up and someone was trying to create a story, yeah. why create the leaders and people closest to Jesus as knuckleheads? You know, knuckleheads? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Why, why put in that their savior Jesus was asking to be taken out of the mission and the yeah. Garden of Gethsemane and you know yeah. saying that God abandoned him on the cross? Like that's that's not something that someone would make up about a religion that they no. want people to follow. It's so true. It's, and it's so, it's so beautiful and it stood the test of time and it still will. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. It's incredible book. Incredible it's book. Incredible. Amen. Casey updates. Uh, we have a, uh, we're still have our 30 somethings Fridays uh, rolling along. We got a little Mexican little trip south of the border uh, this week, uh, which I'm going to have to on the start of the Olympics go on with a Mexican theme. I don't know. Yeah, should, that's not good. Is it? I didn't <laughs> think about that, man. Obviously we got our wires crossed. You know? We should have done something different. Yeah. It's a good call. So, uh, uh, we have uh, we have a big back to school bash on the fifteenth of August that we're looking forward to. Also, probably the biggest shout out is don't forget school supplies. We're collecting school supplies already. People have been incredibly generous, incredibly. Uh, I just I love to watch King's Chapel respond to something like this. Uh, the people who have already given, you know, people who are out of town have have sent in supplies. Thank you so much. Uh, blessings to you. Uh, there's some people who just. Have written big checks saying, "Hey, I I want to contribute," and uh, it's kind of fun getting those. You know, we're we're gonna have we're gonna have so many book bags. Uh, the, <laughs> the board of directors said, "Hey, let's jump in and let's set the pace and let's get you know twelve book bags," and so uh, we'll get those there. And and uh, it's gonna be great. And I think that we wanted to bless our foster kids uh, and the people that we're partnering with. And I I believe we'll be able to go down to Forest City Elementary and say, "Hey, we got some supplies for you too." And and maybe some others. So keep bringing them in. We're going to collect the next couple of weeks and uh, really looking forward to it. That's great because I don't miss going to school at all, but I do miss the feeling of having a brand new backpack and set of colored pencils and everything yeah. walking into school that first day and I just feeling all you, confident. Man. I can picture that picture of you. You had that huge watch on. What yes, was that watch? it was a Power Rangers morpher. Oh my goodness, it was just huge. And here you are with this big backpack and your big Slunched watch. over, comb over, it. the whole thing. I love it. Comb all time over, picture. Slunched over, whatever. It was great. Well, that's all I've got. That's all I got. Hey, so blessings, everybody. Uh, come join us in person when you're able. We'd love to see you. Uh, let us know that you're listening or watching if you are not able. And uh, blessings to y'all. Great being with you, Brooksy. See you guys Sunday.